You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday as we are getting geared up for Arkansas and Texas A&M. And Sam Kahn Jr. of The Athletic is going to be joining us here in a little bit to talk more about uh, this matchup and everything going on with it as well. Uh, but I, before we do that, I wanted to clarify a few things. Uh, about yesterday's podcast especially because a lot of people were coming at me about A&M and um, I think it's funny because I I like to talk trash about other teams I like to make fun of other teams even though I know people make fun of Arkansas it's just kind of what makes college football so great Um, and but some teams I like to look at as a bigger and easier target than other teams you know I, I look at A&M being kind of an easier target. Look at Missouri being an easier target. It's hard to talk trash about Bama, you know, or uh, or uh, other teams like that. But it's just all in good fun, all right? It, it's just something that I enjoy doing. And I know other places and other states enjoy talking trash about Arkansas. It's, it makes it fun. But for some reason, like, and I'm not saying there was a lot of people that were this way, because I think most of you were kind of having fun with it and understood where I was coming from. Uh, but uh, yesterday and this morning, I've gotten a lot of messages from people who either listened to my radio show yesterday or the podcast or um, you know saw my tweets or whatever it was and ha- took issue with like how I was talking trash about AM and saying like those are traditions that suit them you know you need to you need to stop doing that you know you're talking trash about something that you know nothing about you're in you must be insecure because you're you know, talking trash about tearing down other people's programs and instead of building up your own, da 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 da, and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's the SEC. It's SEC football. It's supposed to be fun, and it's fun to make fun of other programs and other teams. It's part of it. I don't know if it's just like the culture we live in now or what, but it's like. So weird how people have just gotten really soft about stuff like this. It's like it's a, it's it's all in good fun. I'm not going to apologize for talking trash about A and M, and I wouldn't expect any of those A and M fans or Aggie radio stations or whatever to apologize for talking trash about Arkansas. That's what we do. That's what makes it so much fun, and what makes it just mean more in the SEC or things like that. And so I was really surprised to see so many people. Like, and when I say so many, I'm talking about like five or six, you know, but just the fact that I had any people that were coming at me about that and they weren't even A&M fans. Like I would understand if they were A&M fans, but, and some people coming at me because listen, it's, it's one thing to be able to, you know, respect a team, but it's also another thing to be able to distinguish between, you know, some lighthearted trash talk, or if you're actually like, you know, being mean and ridiculing and, and all of that. And even if I was being mean towards Texas A&M I'm not going to apologize for that either it's all in good fun folks so for those of you who are you know clutching your pearls and talking about how awful it is that I hate A&M or that I make fun of their traditions because of their stupid ways of doing things with their hand signals and gestures and their yell leaders and their you know the revel the dog like that's I don't know if it's hanging out like because I make fun of those things like I'm not going to apologize for that and it's stupid it's weird Sorry if that offends you. I don't know what to tell you, but uh, 
I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk trash even harder now. I'm gonna make fun of him even harder just because it's like that's giving me the fuel now. And I'm not trying to act like I'm like, oh, I'm big and bad, but it's just that's something that bothered me. I'm like, you had no one had any issue with me ever making fun of like Texas. Like I made fun of Texas a lot. Now, maybe not, you know, into the same scope as or as much as AM, but the week of that I was talking about how they've been terrible in football and how they have you know, this smug arrogance to them. They think that they're God's gift to football, but they haven't been relevant in over a decade. I made fun of them for, you know, the the horns down sensitivity that they have. Like, I, I made fun of all those things. And I talked trash about all those things. There wasn't a peep. But for some reason, when A&M and the, you know, the military, like the, I guess the Boy Scout pretending to be military, whatever it is, people come out of the woodwork. And, you know, with their little swords and coming around, like, all of a sudden, I'm the bad guy. All of a sudden, I, that's not, nah, you, you've crossed the line. No, it's going to happen in the SEC. If you can't handle trash talk, if you can't handle a little fun, if you can't handle a little mocking, then you're in the wrong conference. You know, what was it? Uh, what was it? The, it was the Dan Hawkins. Go back to intramurals. No, this is this is the Big 12. But I guess in this case, it's the SEC. But still, you get my point. It, this is just part of it. It's part of the fun. Relax. Don't take it too seriously. Let's just have a good time. Let's have a good game this upcoming Saturday. We're going to have Sam Conn Jr. of The Athletic join us in just a second. But first, we're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. And as always, BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for the pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. If you head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus, that's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't take advantage. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, we're going to be joined by Sam Kahn Jr. of The Athletic here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about Built Bar and how they have a limited time flavor, the cookie dough chunk. They sent me some of these. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm a cookie dough fan as it is, but these these are incredible. And the best thing about it is not only do they taste great, but they're healthy. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories. They're easy and they're convenient. They get you going through the day. And the best thing about it is that we have an offer for you. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Check out all the different flavors that they have, all the great stuff. You won't be disappointed at BuiltBar.com. Locked 15 for 15% off your first order. Right now, let's go to the phone lines. We're joined by Sam Kahn, Jr. of The Athletic. Talk a little Arkansas and Texas A&M this weekend. Sam, appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Well, uh, we're good here, and it's fun because Arkansas is 3-0. Arkansas is ranked. Arkansas has got a lot of good things going for them, but Arkansas is also playing Texas A&M this weekend, which is, as you heard me say, hasn't won in since 2011. It's been a very long time, and I'm just curious to know, what are your thoughts on Arkansas's chances to beat the Aggies? Do you feel like this might be their best chance to beat Texas A&M that they've had in nearly a decade? Yeah, I think they have a good chance just because of how well they played, uh, particularly on the lines of scrimmage. Uh, you know, I was I was in Fayetteville for that Texas game, and you'd be hard-pressed to not be super impressed with how good they looked on both sides of the ball. Uh, you know, they beat, they bullied Texas Brown. 
plain and simple. Uh, now, I do not expect that to happen with Texas A&M. I think from a talent standpoint, a and is much better on both the offense and the defensive line than Texas is. But that said, they are not perfect. I think defensively, I think this is, has the potential to be a really low-scoring game. The, the, the area that I think to watch for Arkansas if they're going to break through in this game is their defensive line versus A&M's offensive line. A&M's offensive line is super talented, but there are a lot of young, inexperienced linemen on there, and there have been times, particularly last week uh, in the first half against New Mexico, where you could see some flaws and, and some possible areas that maybe a, a better defensive line could exploit. So I, I think this is a game that has a chance to be pretty competitive, and I, I wouldn't put anything past Manchester so what Arkansas does best offensively is run the ball. How is Texas A&M against the run? Generally, under Mike Elko, they've been one of the better teams in the country. Uh, now, that is, when we talk about quarterback run, you talk about somebody like A.J. Jefferson, that's a little bit different. That's going to provide some different challenges for you. But this is typically, A&M is typically a stout run defense. Uh, they've got nine starters back from their defense last year, which was one of the top in the country. Uh, and they've been superb so far this season. So uh, they're, they're not going to be perfect. There are going to be some – they did lose Buddy Johnson, the middle linebacker, uh, in the, to the draft last year. Bobby Brown, defensive tackle. So there are a couple of new pieces, particularly in the middle. And, and there are there, there were some times that, that some plays that broke loose here and there. Uh, so they're, they're no by no means perfect, but I think they are pretty solid. And I think they are very talented. So that, that is going to be a fascinating matchup to watch. We're speaking with Sam Conn, Jr. of The Athletic right now on Out of Bounds. Sam, Texas A&M's ranked seventh in the country. We know their preseason was a high-ranked team. Do you feel like they're a top-ten team? Are they really the seventh-best team in the country right now, or has it kind of just been the benefit of winning games and you having that preseason ranking? I think it's hard to tell because, one, I don't know if we're for certain how good A&M is. And two, I don't know if we know how good it is at this point. <laughs> After watching some of the games last week uh, and some of the top teams that, that are ranked and seeing some of them having to fight, I, I think it's hard to tell who really are the best teams in the country uh, at this point. Uh, to me, that's why this game for A&M is going to be really compelling because I think it's going to give us a really good feel for how good this team is. Is it just a good team that's got some flaws? Is it a team that's on its way to being great? Uh, you know, is it a top 10 team or is it more of a top 25 team? I, I, I think we're going to get some answers to those questions because Arkansas is by far the most talented team they will play this. Now, Haynes King has been out for uh, – he was out for the Colorado game. He started, but he was injured then and been out the next game. How's Zach Calzada? I Pretty good. Uh, as you guys probably saw against Colorado, it was a little rough go when he got forced into action when, when King got hurt. Uh, he had some rust, and and you could see it. The, the guy hasn't played a lot of meaningful snaps in his two-plus years on campus. But by the fourth quarter of that Colorado game, you could see he was starting to get it. He, he was able to lead a couple of scoring drives, uh, one of which would have been a scoring drive if he fumbled at the goal line. But the uh, the other one ended up being the game winner. And last week against New Mexico, when he had the whole week to prepare and get ready, he looked really sharp. He threw the ball really well, uh, both from the pocket, on the run, he was accurate downfield. Uh, he took care of the ball for the most part. He only had one interception. Uh, overall, a really sound performance. 
And I think even though their starter King is gone, I, I really like what Calzada brings. And I don't think there's a large drop-off from one to the other. I think Calzada's plenty talented. And of the concerns I would have on this A&M team, he is not high on that list of you know, I'm looking at A&M, and obviously last year they were one of the best teams in the country. I think they finished top five. Some people even felt like they deserved to be in the college football playoff over a team like Ohio State. But they really had it going last year. Their only loss being to eventual national championship uh, team Alabama. This year, I mean, obviously we talked about where they're at and may not be as good. But do you feel like maybe last year was just their year, their perfect year? Do you feel like Jimbo Fisher is still building something and still has a lot left at A&M to be able to – put them back into the conversation where maybe not this year, but in the coming years, they will be a team that contends for the college football playoff. I, I think right now I lean toward this. He's building something. Uh, and, and again, I think this season, how this season goes, I think will inform that whether it was more of a, a one year wonder flash of the fan type deal, or he's actually building something long-term. I, I, I tend to think that they are building something long-term just because of, the recruiting success that he's had. They, they have brought in top 10 classes each of the last three years. They're, they're probably going to bring in a fourth in this next class. And when you stack that kind of talent on top of each other, that's how you build an elite winner. Uh, we all read the blue chip ratio that 247 Sports does. Those are teams that are in the mix and fit. That's the level you have to recruit at to be a long-term contender. Uh, so I, I tend to think that it's going to be the latter. But I also think this season is kind of pivotal in that. I think they've got to follow up last year with a really strong season. I think the schedule sets up in such a way that you know, I, I could see this team winning 10 games possibly. Uh, and if they do that, then I think you really could start to build some. I, when I look at the body type and I look at the roster that they have, it's so much different than what it was four or five years ago at a and like, they, they did not look like some of the best teams in the SEC as they played. Just from a physical standpoint, now they do. Now they look. There's a market. They're like, I, I went during training camp and saw Texas, and I saw Texas A&M, and I can tell you the body types at A&M look a lot different than the one at Texas, than the ones at Texas, and it looks like a team that I think is one of the better at. Winning nine, ten games a year—that's great for a lot of places. But what's the patience level like for Jimbo if he's winning nine or ten games a year, but not getting into? the SEC championship game, the college football playoff? I think that remains to be seen because right now, I mean, they just won nine games last year. This, this isn't a program that has won 10 games consistently uh, a year. Yeah, they've been more of an eight-win kind of team. You know, under Kevin Sumlin, they, you know, they, they won eight. No more. They, didn't, they only won nine games or more twice in, in his six years there. Uh, you know, the times before them, Shoney and, and Mike Sherman, Neither of them reached that plateau consistently. The last time the Texas A&M was a team that could win 10, 9 or 10 games consistently was in the 1990s when R.C. Puzzle was the coach back in the Southwest Conference days. That was, that was a long time ago. So if he is able to get them at least to that point and then they're able to start flirting with being a contender, I think, I think uh, A&M fans will be happy. But, yes, they paid him all this money and they guaranteed all this money to win a championship. It takes time to get there. And I think they're willing to be patient for a while now. Three, four years down the road, if they're not, if they're not having made a serious run at it, a serious run at SEC title, or a serious run at a at a national title, then yeah, I think you could be patient where it's in. But he's locked in for another ten years, so unless something uh, unexpected happens, there, there's really not much they can do if they get impatient. 
We'll continue our discussion with Sam Con Jr. here in just a second. But folks, I got to tell you about Prize Picks. We're all college fanatics, and I know you heard me talk about Prize Picks if you've been listening to this podcast. It's the daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and you will love it too. Prize Picks is a leader in the college sports daily fantasy, and it offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star power of not only the Power Five, but also the mid-major players as well that you may not have even heard of. All of you that try it out, if you use promo code Locked On, you will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You pick two to five players and an over-under with their projections and can win up to 10 times on any entry as it's just you versus the projected numbers. It's safe. It offers fast withdrawals. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to the App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Sam, what do you make of this game being played in Arlington every year? And I know the contract ends in 2024. I know Razorback fans have their feelings on it as well as A&M fans. But just from your perspective, what do you make of this game every year getting played in Arlington? I think there's good and bad to it. I, I don't love it, personally. I, I would say I like it from a convenience standpoint. I mean, I, I live down here in Texas. I, I live in Houston, so it's an easy trip for me to get to, to Arlington every year for that game. Uh, so And, and it's, it's a great stadium. I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic facility. But it's not a college facility. It's an NFL stadium. And I, I have been to home games at Kyle Field, and I've been to home games at Razorback Stadium. And those two venues, in my opinion, are much better suited for this game than the World is. Jerry World is a fine host, and it's a great place to watch a game. But I think doing it once in a while is fine. Doing it every year, I think, takes a little bit away, especially like, and I think Sam Pittman said it. You know, they already had the other issue with War Memorial and having to play against Little Rock all the time, so they're losing out a home game, an extra home game by playing this one at AT and T. And also, it's just an advantage. It's an advantage to have a home game. And we saw how electric that stadium was when Texas came to town. If if a top ten Texas A&M team were coming to Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville this week, I would imagine the atmosphere would be pretty similar. Maybe not as fueled as it. I think the hate for Texas a little more than Texas A&M, but, but it would still be, I think, a pretty similarly charged atmosphere. And that's what makes college football really special. That's what separates it, I think, from the NFL. Same thing in Kyle Field. I think Kyle Field is, is a great home field advantage for Texas A&M. And I think once they this contract ends and they move on, I think it'll be a good thing. I think it needs to be a home field. Fans seem to respond to the fact of winning, and that makes things better. So for Arkansas, it's kind of a mixed bag of they like the experience of going to the Dallas area and playing that game, but the fact that they haven't won against Texas A&M, then they're having mixed emotions about playing the game there. How do the Texas A&M fans feel about it? Because they've had a lot of success. Uh, I, I mean, I think they're fine with it, but I think it, it's, again, I think it's something that's kind of run its course. I think uh, for a lot of them, I get the sense that it was pretty cool to do early because there was still a novelty to playing in there. And, and they, they do have good memories of it because, like you said, they they played really well. But once Kyle Field got renovated in 2015 and, and they upped the capacity from the mid-'80s to, to over 100,000, it just doesn't make sense for them to, to give up a home game when they don't have to. And I think they'd much rather have it at home because it's just a better experience for them. And and I think a lot of A&M fans, since they joined the SEC, have enjoyed going on the SEC road trips. 
and Fayetteville's a fun road trip. It's, it's pretty to go. It's a fun atmosphere. That the town is great, and I think a lot of fans w- would enjoy being able to, to rekindle that experience because they only really been able to do it once since they've been SEC members back in 2013. Yeah, Sam, it's funny because, uh, you know, the contract ends in 2024 down there, and I think most people think that it's going to end between Arkansas and A&M. But let's be honest, if Jerry Jones wants his Razorbacks to play in his stadium, they are going to play in his stadium. So assuming that that's the case and assuming Arkansas is going to continue to have some sort of contract down there, do you think that they'll find another permanent team to do it against? Do you think it'll be like a non-conference rotating team? Maybe is it every other year? How do you feel like that would end up? Because I just have a hard time believing that Jerry Jones is going to be okay with his Razorbacks not playing in his stadium, at least frequently. Yeah, it would be interesting. I think also it depends on who's in charge, who's who's in charge of the administration at that time. Like in, you know, and how do they feel about it? You know, I mean, obviously, hundred year checks the athletic director right now. I know you would prefer to have the game at home, but uh, it, part of it depends on that, on, on how, what those feelings are at that juncture. But as far as what it could be, like could you see them play Texas there down the road? I, I couldn't see that happening. I couldn't see Texas. They already had, Texas is another team that already has a neutral side game, but that's a game that they value, the Cotton Bowl uh, venue against Oklahoma for the Red River rivalry. Uh, and so I couldn't see Texas doing it. So if it's not A&M, then – yeah, I think it has to be probably some kind of – I don't think you would be able to put this kind of contract like 10 years. I don't think you would be able to do that. I think it would have to be – you would have to probably rotate different opponents on a different basis. But, again, I, I think based on – as long as Arkansas has a Little Rock thing going, I just don't know that I could see them wanting to do it for a long term. I would think it would be more like a one-off or maybe do the kickoff game there sometimes. You know, ATP has a kickoff game every year. You know, maybe being a, a regular part of that is, is, you know, in the non-conference, maybe that's part of it. Uh, who's to say? But but I, I think they are be benef- it would benefit them more if they if they were able to get that game back at home. Who does this game do more for as far as uh, boosting confidence? We know, you know, Arkansas, you're kind of building some things there. But for A&M, as you mentioned, they don't have that difficult of a schedule, but they are playing with their backup quarterback. So, who gets more of a confidence boost from this game with a win? Probably Arkansas, just because they they haven't they've had some struggles and they haven't been at that level uh, in recent years. So I mean, if you win this game, I mean, shoot, you 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 could be flirting with being in the top ten. <laughs> so that I mean, that's huge, and and I think the buzz around that program uh, would be huge because I mean they haven't they haven't had a winning season since 2015, 2016. So I think it would be a huge boost for A and M. Obviously, it's a a conference boost for them, but their big A and M's big focus, or I shouldn't say their focus, but the big game on their schedule is October 9th against Alabama, when when Alabama comes to Kyle Field, and I think a lot of A and M season is going to hinge upon that game more than any other. Uh, but there, there's no doubt that I think if Arkansas were able to win this, I think this would be a huge boost and validation of what Sam Pittman has done in his early time there. All right, Sam, before we let you get out of here, man, what do you think happens Saturday? Do you think Arkansas ends that losing streak, or do you think A&M continues on and makes it 10 straight? I still, right now, I lean toward A&M just because defensively, I mean, they've been so good, and, and I I like them to be able to win this game ugly. Uh, Jimbo has made a, made a habit of grinding teams down, and I think, I think A&M's going to be – I mean, I think Arkansas is going to be more than – ready for the physicality and the challenge that a puts up. 
But just the amount of skill talent that Deenum has offensively with Devon A. Chain, Isaiah Spiller, uh, Jalen Weidermeyer, I mean, they, they've got a ton of talent uh, around Calzada, and, and I think their defense is, is really, really stout. So I, th- I think it's going to be an ugly, close, low-scoring game that, that A&M eventually pulls out. Sam Conn, Jr. of The Athletic, always appreciate you hopping on with us, buddy. Enjoy this weekend for sure, and we'll be catching up with you later down the road, all right? Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.